0: I'm Steve Rode, your get-out-of-debt guy. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to learn more about money, credit, and debt, or you're one of the many good people out there with bad debt, and you want it to go away. But stick with me. Together, we can make that happen. Either way, I'm here for you, and I believe a better and more financially successful future is ahead. It can be within your grasp. I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you find this or any of my podcasts helpful, please take a moment and leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback and opinion matter to me. And if I've done a good job, your review helps others to find the podcast as well. And while you're there leaving your review, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out last piece of housekeeping. If you have a question or comment you'd like to hear on an upcoming podcast, you can leave me a voice message at getoutofdebt.org slash message, or leave me a question for me to answer on my website by going to getoutofdebt.org slash question. Thank you so much for being a great listener and I'm sending you a giant virtual hug in return. And now, on with the podcast. You have something that's not clicky or twisty or something that you can play with that's soft? Oh, great. (laughs) Tape measure. (laughs) That's not going to work. All right, you ready?
1: Oh, I got Roxy's Kong ball. I can play with this.
0: There, that'll work. Thank God. Okay.
1: But... If I shake this around, look at, you see her? She's coming. Yeah. Look at her. <laughs> She's like, daddy, that's mine, daddy. That's mine, daddy. All right, rock and roll, because I do have to drop some kids off at the pool.
0: Hey, you're back listening to the Get Out of Deck Guy Show with Steve Rode, myself, and Damon Day. And today we're going to be talking about why bankruptcy is the last resort. Or is it? You know, Damon, one of the things that drives me crazy is I see all these websites and I hear the uh, personal finance pundits out there that say bankruptcy is the last resort. But the reality is, I don't think you could use that as a standard or say that's universally true. You know, what do you think?
1: Oh, I, I think it's common wisdom out there that it's universally true. Everybody talks about you have to do this to avoid bankruptcy or do this to avoid bankruptcy or do this. Everything is designed around avoiding bankruptcy
0: right? And all these debt relief programs are to avoid bankruptcy. So, Damon, one of the things that I find that people don't consider is while they're scared and afraid about bankruptcy, and I went bankrupt in late 80s or early 90s, and I will admit that it felt scary and shameful and everything else, but it felt that way because I didn't understand what reality really was. And reality was that unless i could deal with my debt and at that time it was impossible for me to pay anything and when i contacted my creditors they wouldn't even accept partial payments and i needed a solution to move forward because either i was going to be stuck not able to meet any obligations or i was going to file bankruptcy get the advantage of legal protection that's afforded to me under the law and allow me to regroup and do better moving forward. And so some of the things that I hear, Damon, tell me what your response is to this, okay? If I file bankruptcy, okay. I'll never get credit again. True or false?
1: That is false. And you may be surprised how fast credit card and a new car loan offers show up in your mail, sometimes before you even get the official discharge.
0: Now, why would a creditor do that? People think that creditors would never extend credit to you again. But they're in the credit business. Sometimes somebody who's filed bankruptcy is a better risk for a creditor because they're going to charge them a higher interest rate and they're not going to be able to file a chapter seven again for a number of years. And so let's take the risk. When you
1: are fresh off of bankruptcy, you're going to be hypersensitive about making sure all of your bills get paid on time moving forward because you're trying to get past that point and you get a fresh start. So you're not going to be an hour late on your payments, much less a month late.
0: Yeah, bankruptcy I find for many people is a a teachable moment. And sometimes, actually I would say most of the time, the causes of bankruptcy are things that are beyond your control. Job layoff, pandemic for example, accident, illness, injury, divorce, and all of a sudden you get a financial surprise and you start just rolling down a hill. Here's another myth that I hear all the time. Damon, I hear bankruptcy will ruin my credit forever. True or false? That's
1: false. In fact, oftentimes, you'll be surprised within a few months after the bankruptcy, your score is actually higher than it was prior to filing the bankruptcy because now you don't owe all the money anymore.
0: You don't have that debt that was dragging you down. You don't have that horrible debt-to-income ratio that was sucking you under. Here's another myth Damon, I hear that if I file bankruptcy, I'll never be able to rent an apartment again.
1: That would be false. And my response to that is, millions of people had filed bankruptcy, but there's not millions of homeless people out there simply because they filed bankruptcy. You'll be able to rent places again. I filed bankruptcy in 2000, was it 11? End of 2011, and I've rented several places, you know, since then, and have you know not had a problem. Could it cause a problem sometimes? Yeah, but
0: to get to the point where you say, I'm never gonna be able to get a place, that's just not gonna happen. So another thing people are so worried about fixing their financial past that they don't consider their financial future. What are you playing with there?
1: damn it. I was doing it slow.
0: (laughs) It helps my mind relax. (laughs) Get something soft to squish or play with or something.
1: And I was holding it like way out, like then just slowly doing it. Damn it.
0: Okay. I got caught. All right. So people want to repair the past, but they don't consider the future. So if you are in your twenties, thirties, forties, or even your early fifties, and you spend the next five years trying to dig yourself out of a jam that's darn near impossible, you are sacrificing saving for retirement. And those years that you could be putting money in and letting it grow for retirement can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in savings when you'll need it most, when you're old, can't work, and broke. And so constantly focusing on the pain Looking backwards, thinking the debt collector is making decisions about you, about who you are, your self worth, and all that other stuff, is a mistake. It's a a pain point to get you to pay because that is what the debt collector wants you to do. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what's best for you to do.
1: Sorry, I'm just Steve's camera just took a tumble. I'm, I'm watching this <laughs> on the screen.
0: I did yeah, catch it, but. It- <laughs>
1: You did. I was like, what's going on here? I always tell my clients bankruptcy is just an option. It's just like any other option. So it never hurts to just get all the information because sometimes there are very good reasons to avoid bankruptcy at all costs. And then sometimes there are very good reasons to run as fast as you can to file the bankruptcy. So everything is just very dependent on the client situation. There's never any absolutes where it's like, this option is always better than bankruptcy or this option is always better. So it's always best to look at all the options, look at all the different strategies, figure out what your goals are, where you're at in your life, what you're trying to do, and then just look at bankruptcy like you would look at any other potential options before you pass judgment on filing or not filing. Most of the people that call me will always say well I want to avoid bankruptcy right and again I'm not a bankruptcy attorney I'm not here to push you away or towards bankruptcy my my job is to help you find the right answer but oftentimes I'll always just respond to that with why don't you want to file bankruptcy and most of the time they don't have an answer for that they just don't want to so we'll work through it and then sometimes it's like oh okay yeah I will I I should file bankruptcy and then other times it's oh that's why I would potentially lose my house I'm not going to file so the bottom line is and I'm rambling i can see steve looking at him just get all the freaking options first and make a decision it's that simple
0: we here's one thing i hear i've heard for decades now is i have a moral obligation to repay my creditors so i can't file bankruptcy to which i say just because you file bankruptcy doesn't mean that you can't repay your creditors and what does the average person generally say to that damon Why would I do that? The response
1: to that is exactly. (laughs) I don't know. You're the one that told me you wanted to pay him back.
0: (laughs) All of a sudden you realize that it's optional after bankruptcy. Why would I do that? It's not that bankruptcy is the last resort. As Damon said, bankruptcy is one of the many options to consider. Let's run through what I think are the most common ways to deal with a financial problem the reason why you think you have a financial problem is because one day you woke up and all of a sudden you're in a panic you've got an emotional stressor that's driving you to make a decision and here's how you can deal with that you can either make more money you can reduce expenses you could do both more money and reduce expenses you could look at credit counseling debt settlement maybe a debt consolidation loan and bankruptcy. Did I miss anything there? Are the most common ways to deal debt with Debt validation. Jesus. Put a chicken in a bag and <laughs> wave it around your head. Do you need to put haha ha also... for
1: the transcript on that one? Because
0: <laughs> I was joking, not debt validation. That was a joke. There's all sorts of crackpot things that you could try also. But the best way to get out of a financial crisis is to look at the overall picture. And many times when you contact a debt relief company, They're going to sell you their one widget that they normally sell, whether it's credit counseling or debt settlement, rather than looking at the overall situation and figuring out you need a little of this, a little of that. Bankruptcy might be good in your situation. And can you think of an example off the top of your head where somebody, it was clear that they should go bankrupt, but they were hesitating in doing it.
1: I know there's been several.
0: Think of a, a good
1: example. Almost all of my clients would be hesitant to go bankrupt. And again, my job is not to like, no, this is what you have to do. My job is to help walk them through it and play devil's advocate. And okay, if we let's, what would happen if we avoided this and we went down this path? Now, what would happen if we did go down, you know, this path? But I find a lot of it is so much of a fear of the unknown. They haven't really ever looked at bankruptcy. They haven't talk to a bankruptcy attorney and and I understand too, because you call a debt settlement company and they want to sell you debt settlement. I have a lot of bankruptcy attorney friends, but I got to be honest. If if you call most bankruptcy attorneys, they're cleaning towards bankruptcy. Oh, you're calling (laughs) me. You must want to file bankruptcy. (laughs) Right? Exactly. So you got to take the good with the bad there, but it it never hurts to at least get the information. And I, I find once I can walk a client through the process and say, okay, based on your situation, this is what would happen if you decided to file. This is what you should potentially worry about. This is what you don't need to worry about. This is how it would go. And this is what your life would look like both now and into the future. Once they have that kind of an understanding, at least now it takes away a lot of the fear of the unknown and they can become a little bit more open to looking at that as a potential option if we need to. Now, if a client is in a situation where they're in a state where the homestead exemption is not going to cover their house and they would absolutely lose their house, If they filed right i would tell them that and then they could decide if that's a non-starter and if it is fine but if you're going to say no to something you want to know why you're saying no to that not just that i don't really want to do that
0: and also make a good informed decision for example if you're going to spend the next five years living on a minimum budget not being able to save any money not being able to save for retirement and sending all your money to your creditors is it better to fix the past or to try to fix the future? The past is, what the hell are you clicking now? (laughs) My wife was asking me a question and I was trying to slowly text her back. (laughs) Damn it,
1: my microphone is good.
0: It is, so are you trying to fix the past or is it better to fix the future? The logical answer is the future, but people feel like they need to take care of all the baggage that's behind them. They have that moral obligation. They have a duty to repay their creditors, but Damon, here's something I don't think people consider. When you take out an agreement for credit, whether it's a credit card or something else, you're making a a promise to pay a certain amount each month. But what happens if a pandemic comes and you lose your job and you can't pay? The the contract is absolute, but you don't have the money to absolutely pay. (laughs) So how is that? a moral conflict for people when life just happens. The reality is that's the risk the creditors take on
1: when they offer these loans. And that's one of the reasons why you're sometimes paying 25, 28, 29% on credit cards, because they know life happens and a certain number of people that take on this debt are not going to be able to pay it back. It's built into the system and Technically, you're paying for it through higher interest rates.
0: And always, if you you file bankruptcy, you're now able to start saving for the future, saving for retirement, so you're not eating cat food when you're 85, and you have the ability to repay your creditors for the debt that was legally discharged and you don't owe anymore. go for it. Now, my, my experience, was, yeah. and I think you should, but my experience was after my bankruptcy, when I felt really bad and I wanted to repay my creditors, something happened that I never could have envisioned, which was I would send checks to my creditors to repay them and they would send them back and say, please don't send any more money. And and the reason was, for me, it was personal. I was trying to meet uh, what I felt was a moral failure on my part. For them, it was just another account that had now been closed because of bankruptcy and they'd moved on and they didn't have any place to apply that money so the lesson is your creditors are not making judgments about you you're just another account on their books and ultimately you need to do what is best for you your family your future and planning for retirement because we have a terrible retirement crisis in this country right now
1: yeah and i always tell clients All the bankruptcy does is legally get you out of that obligation to pay. And just like you said, once you're in a better financial position than you are right now, you could try to pay it back if you really felt like it, but the important thing is to to get rid of that legal obligation so you can get survive and, and, and build whatever is going on back up and start saving for retirement and taking care of your family. And then you can worry about your creditors on your own time because If you leave that legal obligation hanging over your head, your creditors aren't going to have the same warm, cushy feelings about helping you out as you have about maybe really wanting to meet your obligation. And if it's time to sue you, it's time to sue you. And that's just the way it's going to be, whether you can afford to pay it back or not. So a a bankruptcy alleviates that fear and that stress from your life of, hey, is the the next knock on the door going to be the process server when I'm trying to make
0: rent Dave Ramsey says bankruptcy is the worst thing you can ever do. It's the most horrible thing that you can ever do. But I got to tell you, Dave Ramsey filed bankruptcy. It worked out pretty well for him. He's doing okay. (laughs) I love how he's preaching that don't get a credit card, stay away from credit. Don't file bankruptcy. He's preaching all of these things. They make absolutely no financial sense. And yet people love that stuff. His strategies will work great for some people and they're horrible
1: for other people, just like any other strategy. And there's no one size fits all for anybody. People have different personalities, different situations. And some people would look at Dave Ramsey's ideas of having roommates come in and eating beans and rice and sacrificing everything to pay every dollar back as ludicrous. And then other people would look at that as the greatest idea ever. There's an audience for everything.
0: Yeah, that's true. Another thing that I don't think that people consider all the time is the kids and the family and your safety. So sometimes a bankruptcy might be a not a, a not the perfect decision, it might not be the one that you want the most, but sometimes you have to decide between being able to live in a safe neighborhood, send your kids to a reasonable school and It's just a hard decision you have to make sometimes, but avoiding it doesn't make the situation better.
1: Yeah. And sometimes whether it's not your fault or bad decision-making or whatever, sometimes you got to leave the past in the past. And like you said earlier, do you have a a bigger obligation to uh, the past or to the future? And there's nothing you can do to change the past, but there's something you can do to change the future.
0: Tell me what you think it is that drives people to reach that panic moment where they feel like they need to do something right now? Most of the time, it's not until that they,
1: I find people are, most people are optimistic, right? Like I'm going to get that raise or I'm going to get that bonus or things are going to get better next year or whatever it is. And so their issues tend to drag on and drag on rather than taking that positive step or that initial action of settling the debt or filing bankruptcy or whatever it is. But I, I think, For a lot of my clients, the most of the calls that I get and we're going over their situation are right at the time where they reach that tipping point where the credit gets maxed, the bills are coming in. And for the very first month, they have no way to juggle that before up until then, it's always been, I can throw this debt on this new zero interest card that I got, or I can pull a little bit out of my dwindling savings or do this or do that. By the time I get the call, it's usually... Hey, I've got this bill due and next week, and I literally don't have the money. If I pay that, I won't be able to pay rent. I, they don't have a way to do that. So they're about to fall behind, and they're panicked about that because they've probably never been behind on a bill in their life. That's the panic moment. They're about to fall behind, and they have no idea what's about to happen when they do.
0: Yeah, and many times they've drained whatever little savings account they had in order to get to that point. So now they've got a bill to pay that they can't pay. They've got little to nothing in the savings account, no financial safety network, and there they are. Panicked, can't sleep, sleepless nights, stressed, everything else. And so people will jump and take some sort of step that they think is good without talking to a professional like yourself, without working it out and getting all the facts. And what I suggest to people is just don't jump if you want to think about debt settlement, talk to a debt settlement company. You want then you, if you do that, you should talk to a credit counseling group. You should get a free consultation with a local bankruptcy attorney. You should talk to somebody like Damon Day. You should get all the information, make a fully informed decision about what is right for you, and then do that without making decisions about myths, assumptions, or anything else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if if you have the ability to Gather that information as you start to see that you're in this cash flow deficit. Try to gather all that information and, and and get ahead of it before you get to the point that you're you're out of savings, you're out of everything, and you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to make a decision by next Friday. That's when you make bad choices and you have a sales guy telling you, Oh, don't worry, we're gonna take care of it. You hire us, you send us, you know, eight hundred dollars a month, you stop paying all your other creditors and we'll we'll handle it all. And you just feel like the sense of relief, even though something in the back of your mind is saying this doesn't sound quite right, but you're weighing that against missing a payment and not knowing what's going to happen. So all of a sudden these sales pitches that under normal circumstances would make the hair on the back of your neck stand up sound pretty good because you don't know what else to do. And you're panicked and you feel like you need to make some decision by Friday.
0: So let's run through what normally happens when you fall behind, you miss a payment. Things just don't, fall off the cliff instantly. There's a, a cue or a process that things flow through. And so Damon, what sure. happens first? Nothing. You miss a
1: payment. <laughs> you wake up the next morning and do the same thing. You did the day before. Nothing's different. You probably not won't even get a phone thing. call. In fact, right. Not a damn thing is different. I would say about 10 days later, you might start, you either get an email or maybe a, you know, a courtesy call. Hey, you missed your payment, but Uh, Other than that, nothing's gonna change. In fact, you won't even get a 30 day late ding on your credit until about 45 plus days after that. Cause you're not 30 days late when you miss a payment and they don't report one day late. They don't report 10 days late, right? Now you could get a little fee, $29 fee or something like that. But until you miss your second payment, you don't even need to worry about your credit report.
0: Okay, so now I've missed my second payment what happens? Is somebody knocking at my door to take my mattress or or my kitchen utensils?
1: No, only your TVs. They don't like (laughs) that. Hair dryer. I kid, I kid. (laughs) I kid. Yeah. No, nobody's going to show up. It's, it's not like that. The phone calls just start to become more frequent. They want you to start making a payment, but basically it's just phone calls and you won't even really start getting collection letters yet. You'll just get your next statement and it'll say, Missed this payment, so now it's a double payment that's due. That's basically all it's gonna be with a couple of friendly phone calls. So you can ignore. We have caller ID.
0: What about ninety days? I haven't made my payment in ninety days. What happens? Same. Well, this is why when the collector calls, if you can't afford to pay, don't make a promise to pay. But you also don't have to yell at them, insult them, anything else. You can just be friendly if you pick up the phone and it's a collector and just go. Bob, I don't have the ability to pay. I can't make a promise to pay. Things are uncertain at the moment. I got laid off because of pandemic. But thanks for calling, Bob. Have a nice day. Click.
1: Well, well, well Steve, I only have your best interests at heart. So I, I want to help you solve this problem because you've been a great customer here for the last 10 years. Maybe do you have any family members that can loan you some money? No, they're struggling too, but
0: I could ask. That would be the wrong uh, thing yeah, to say. Yeah, I
1: think you should ask. So can we three-way them on the phone right now? Who are you thinking about?
0: Oh, see, damn, I walked myself right into that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's just call them right now. We'll see if they can help you out. Maybe they can give you $200. We make this payment and get you back squared away.
0: So if I did that, actually, it wouldn't be solving any sort of problem. It would just be pushing it down the next month because I borrowed $200 from a friend or I got a payday loan or something like that. and. To talk about how ridiculous it is to try to please the creditor, I had an email yesterday from somebody who said they have been a loyal American Express customer for 25 years. and they've American never, Express don't give a shit. And they've never been late, never missed a payment, and they had a balance and they just finished paying it off. And American Express terminated his card and canceled all of his frequent flyer points or whatever brownie points you get with American Express. Hey, it's the creditor's card. They can do whatever they want with it. You're just using it at their pleasure. And, and and why did they do that, Steve? Because he apparently fit their algorithm on risk or something else. And
1: no, no. Why American Express did it because American Express don't give a shit.
0: And they can, they took their ball and they went home is what they did. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I love it because American Express makes a decision about you, a financial decision. It's based on numbers and whatever their business process and policy is at the moment. And the, the consumer is worrying about offending their creditor when they find themselves in an accident, losing a leg, sick, pandemic, whatever. It just is what it is. You need to make the best decision based on the facts not on emotion.
1: Yeah, and I always tell people, you should not pick up the phone. Emotionally, you're going to feel like you're going to want to pick up the phone and talk to the collector. You're 30 days late. You want to explain your situation, let them understand, and they can put a note, oh, Susie's having a hard time, so we'll just get back to you next month. It it doesn't work that way. That, That person's job is to get a payment from you. That's it. So I always tell clients, until you have a strategy of what you're going to do overall, because like you said, Borrowing 200 bucks to make that guy happy right there is not going to keep them from calling next month. And it's not going to keep the other creditor that you missed from calling, right? All you're doing now is now you owe your friend 200 bucks. And it's just wasted. So do not talk to any creditors under any circumstances until you have a strategy, until you understand where you're at right now and where you're trying to get and how you're going to get there. Once you have that information, Then you know what you need to do with that collector. Maybe it's ignore them for another couple of months. Depends on what the strategy is going to be. If the strategy is going to be, hey, this layoff was temporary, I'm about to get a new job and I I want to save my credit and I want to get back on these payment plans, but I just can't right now, then it might actually be a good time to talk to that creditor when you're 30 or 60 days late. They can probably get you on some kind of a rate reduction plan that they have. And so it would be good to talk to them. But if you don't know that or you don't have a strategy, You don't really want to be on the phone with them agreeing to some rate reduction plan when the reality is you're going to need to go bankrupt. And if you're going to go bankrupt in six months, whether you realize that at the time or not, the last thing you want to do is be given a creditor $200 a month on the way to the courthouse, right? Keep the damn $200 a month. Don't (laughs) give it to the creditor. Take your wife out to dinner before you file bankruptcy, whatever. (laughs) Go to a lobster pound, spend it up.
0: Lobster pound. (laughs) So right. what you just said is not talking to the collector unless you've got some sort of solution. How about this? People will talk to the, the collector. The collector is either going to use pain or pleasure to try to get you to pay. I've yet to have a debt collector ask if they can come over and take me out to dinner in exchange for a payment. So it's going to be some sort of pain point they want to push. And I've so many times I've heard people say, if you don't like it, sue me. And one time I got off the phone with this national creditor and I was talking to the collection manager and he goes, yeah, I just spoke to that client of yours. And he said, if you don't like it, sue me. It doesn't take much for a creditor to sue you. They just drop, move your name from one folder on their desktop to another folder. You end up in that bucket and then you get sued. You don't need to invite it. You don't need to be rude. You don't need to be obnoxious. You don't need to be anything else. You need to have a plan and then execute that plan. Here's another thing that drives me crazy somebody hasn't made a payment in a year collector calls and then they make a promise to make a payment even though they don't have the money because they want to get the debt collector off the phone good idea bad idea
1: horrible horrible idea
0: it's going to restart the statute of limitations and it's going to just keep the account active and you just you shouldn't do that
1: and and every once in a while you have this old zombie debt and you open the mail one day and it'll be some offer for $50. Just make a payment and it's $50, $10,000 debt. And it's, you know, six, seven years old. Time to make a fresh start and just you get on an easy payment plan, $50. And people get excited and they, you know what? I can afford $50. I'm going to send in the $50. Same principle. All you did was open the door for them to sue you down the
0: road another couple of years if, you, if they want to. Here's another myth. Damon, if I can only send what I can afford. They can't sue me. So I've been sending $5 a month, but I got sued. How can they do that? All you've been doing is just allowing
1: the statute of limitations to stretch on and on and giving them as much time as they need to eventually sue you. And they can sue you because you're still breaching the contract. Sending $5 was not what the agreement was.
0: So ultimately we bring this all around to, you need to come up with a real solution based on facts that fits your current and future financial life. And the best way to do that is by getting truthful, honest information and then making the best decision for you and your family. Any closing words? Yeah, there and there's rarely
1: any emergencies. So when you're on the phone with somebody and they want you to sign up yesterday and they're shoving the contract in your face and we're gonna fix this, we're gonna take care of it. There's rarely any emergency. There's, especially if you're talking to like a debt settlement company or something like that there's nothing they can do for you immediately anyway. In fact, they're gonna ignore your creditors for a while after you hire them anyway. So don't make rush decisions. Take your time, take it all in, get all the information and think about it. Anybody tries to pressure you to sign up, they're more worried about
0: making the sale than helping you out. The funny thing is, if there is truly an emergency, like you're going to get foreclosed on tomorrow, they're going to repossess your car tomorrow. The irony is, the solution to stop that is bankruptcy a chapter 13 bankruptcy list, stop the foreclosure and stop the repossession and people who are afraid to even think or consider bankruptcy would miss that entirely yeah i'll say real quick if you're that far gone
1: and you're about to get foreclosed on or you're about to get you know your wages garnished because a creditor sued you there's nothing a debt settlement company can do for you in the last couple of days before you're going to get your wages garnished at that point a BK is pretty much your only option if you're trying to stop the
0: wage garnishment. All right, Damon. Well, thank you very much for another exceptional... Thank you very much for another podcast. I had to take exceptional a lot,
1: A lot of editing on this one. <laughs> that was actually a client creditor calling me just now. It cut off my audio. I apologize.
0: Oh, see, so you're busy dealing with this stuff all the time. If you want to talk to Damon... But what did I did do? I ignored him. You, like you're supposed you ignored to it. Thank you. That's right. And talk to Damon at Damonday.com and work with him. Talk to him about putting together a plan that deals with your situation. See ya. Ta ta. Hey, so Steve Rode, the get out of deck guy. You know that thing that you just listened to? Well, believe it or not, that was actually the Get Out of Debt Guy show. If you have a question that you'd like to ask about money, credit, or debt, just visit my site, getoutofdebt.org, getoutofdebt.org, and click on the Ask a Question link at the top of the site. I look forward to hearing from you.